What's going on, everybody? This is JVB with the Post Game Report podcast. So I want to talk about Microsoft and Xbox and something that I saw. I, I actually saw some Xbox Series S consoles at Best Buy yesterday, which was the first time. Uh, actually, no. When I bought my Sony television at PC Richards, they had, I believe, two available. So it was the second time that I actually saw uh, those consoles available for purchase. And then I saw a photo that somebody from Digital Foundry posted where they saw an entire aisle of Xbox Series S's available. And so something clicked because last week I talked about how Microsoft won an MPD and they were, you know, the most... They made the most money out of their consoles, whatever the hell that means. Because <laughs> Xbox and Microsoft and their PR teams, they are famous for making something out of nothing that really doesn't make sense. So something clicked. And I realized that as of late, and we all know about the chip shortage, TSS, TSMC in Taiwan, they're the biggest chip maker in the world they have a deal with apple they have a deal well a rumored deal coming up with sony for their cameras and all you know a bunch of their tech so there's a shortage there's a legitimate shortage that is affecting every industry i mean the the tech industry period right so in my opinion when i when i saw that there's a bunch of Xbox Series S's available and that Microsoft came out and said they made, the, they made the most money last month in console sales. That leads me to believe that to Microsoft's credit, they saw that the chip shortage was going to last a lot longer than everyone anticipated. And because the S, as far as specs, as far as performance, pales in comparison to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, that it's easier to make. They can take older components and make more of it. They don't have to put a disc. They don't have to put the same hard drive, the size. They have only 500 gigabytes, and after the operating system is installed, it's about 360 or whatever. And they don't have the software yet that requires them to have the more powerful console available. Or, or they don't have that next-gen game that requires all the power of the X. So right now, they are flooding the market, making more of the X version of the new Xbox. Wait, I might have said X. They're making more Xbox series s's because it's cheaper to make it's easier to make and it allows them to have more inventory than sony so not only are they compensating for a lack of the more powerful x but it also shows that in the the market and to the people uh, like me, who is an investor in Microsoft stock, 
it shows, hey, we're selling consoles. We're selling more Series S than the X and the PlayStation. Well, that's not the case, but for the month of June, I believe that was the case because Sony has a more advanced console. And, of course, we know that as soon as those PlayStation 5s go on sale, they are eaten up very quickly. For the most part, the same applies to the Xbox Series X, which is more advanced than the S. So Microsoft is somewhat, uh, you know, they made a good move and a bad move. So they're stuck in a, in a, between a rock and a hard place. And so is the consumer. So is the fan of Xbox. Because if you can't find a Series X, now you might be persuaded to buy the cheaper, less powerful Series S. And that's not enjoyable because if you're seeing what the PlayStation 5 can do and you're hoping that eventually the Xbox X can do the same thing, now you're stuck with a console that is underperforming when compared to the competitor and the more powerful version of the Xbox. And when the software is available that is taking advantage of all this new tech, you got to get rid of that S. And because there's so many of them, the value is not going to be there and nobody's going to want to buy it. I strongly believe that Microsoft did not bring out a diskless edition of the X because they simply cannot make enough of them. And so you focus on one version of the X and then bring out a weaker console that you can utilize and make more of. And hold yourself off until the chips are available. And listen, Biden has made a thing about the semiconductor shortage. They're trying to make a freaking factory in the United States. China is, has built freaking factories, but they, you know, these factories take billions of dollars to make and maintain. They go out of date. In, in like three years, so you have to constantly update your technology, your your equipment. It's not cheap. And TSSM, wait, did I say that right? TSMC, excuse me. They're the biggest ones in, in the world. And that's why Apple has made a deal with them to make a customized chip for their upcoming hardware. But who knows when that's going to happen, right? So there's so many things... You know, water, uh, you know, I heard this, you know, because of a drought in Taiwan and, and all these situations with nature that that affects the making of the silicone, this, these chips. So the shortage is going to be around for a little bit and it's going to affect, you know, vehicles is going to affect all the technology that we take for granted, cell phones, refrigerators, computers. Now we're going to see that newer versions of the popular tech we like to buy are going to slow down a bit. And so Microsoft took a route where they said, you know what, let's, bring, let's put out more of the cheaper version and hope for the best when it comes to chip manufacturing and slowly throw out whatever inventory we have of our more 
powerful and expensive Xbox, we have to put that out slowly. So Sony and the PlayStation 5, they've sold 10 million PlayStation 5s in a bad situation, under bad circumstances, right? Just imagine if Microsoft did not make the cheaper Xbox Series S, the gap would be laughable. The gap would be ridiculously huge between the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 as far as sales. So that is what I believe is happening. That Microsoft is purposely making more of the Series X, I mean S's, because they have no choice. The shortage is affecting them as well. And I wanted to put this particular statement, this, this thing that I've noticed, I wanted to put it here because if I tweet it, somebody's going to use it and take credit for it. It happens to me all the time. So, which leads me to my next thing. I saw He-Man on Netflix, Kevin Smith, the guy who did Jay and Silent Bob and Dogma, I believe. You know, the guy who was anti-establishment, Mr. Pothead, you know, a lot of people are pissed off at him because the direction he took with He-Man is not what we are accustomed to. Now, I grew up with He-Man. I was there when the cartoon and the toys came out. Actually, it was a toy line first and then became a cartoon. Luckily, it was successful. Now, Prince Adam, he was a buff dude wearing a pink vest back in the 80s. And then he became He-Man when he, you know, had his sword and he chanted, I have the power and the lightning somehow transformed his clothing into, you know, bearskin tights or, you know, speedos. But that's the 80s, right? This time around when Prince Adam, who is scrawnier, when he lifts up his sword and says he has the power, now you have like a Voltron sequence where all of this armor and his tights all of a sudden are like plastered on him, like in midair, like kind of like Voltron when they transform into the from the lines to the legs, torso, arms, and you know, and head. So I didn't like that. And then, not to go too spoily or spoilerish. People were pissed off that they focused more on the female characters like Evil Lynn and Tila. And, you know, I didn't have an issue with that. Um, Prince Adam was a, a klutz in the original, and he's a klutz in this one. Men at Arms is a kick-ass character. I will say Skeletor is more evil than I remember. He was really freaking ruthless and evil in this one. Uh, I thought it was average. I didn't like the direction that it, it took. And that's not because of the females. I thought Evil Lynn and her freaking insults to Merman was hilarious. She kept calling him a flounder. But I grew up with He-Man. A lot of these people on YouTube making these angry videos, just going apeshit over He-Man. A lot of these fucking dudes weren't around when I was around watching the original He-Man. So it's like, dude, you're pissed off, but you didn't grow up with fucking He-Man when it 
first came out. So why are you so fucking angry? So, of course, just like a lot of things, right? People make, they, they see something and they, they figure, okay, this is going to gain clicks. And then they oversaturate their feed with the same shit for like two weeks. I already saw, because I, you know, I wanted to see what the general consensus, consensus was with He-Man and some, I, I watched some reviews and some of these dudes have like video after video after video about He-Man and Kevin Smith. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. It's the same thing that happened with the iPad, the M1 edition, the 12.9 inch. These influencers, these tech influencers, these tech reviewers, they constantly made these videos about, hey, you know, with this new M1 chip, we're going to get desktop-like applications. It's going to be as strong as the MacBooks. It's going to perform, uh, you know, task, desktop task easily, right? They kept throwing this narrative around, and then when the iPad finally came out, and remember, Apple never said any of this shit. And when people saw like, hey, there's no, when iOS 15 for iPad came on, they saw that, hey, there's not going to be any professional desktop apps available for the iPad. People went, guess what? Ape shit. The same people spreading these, these rumors and making this narrative were the same ones being angry at, at uh, Apple in this case, critiquing Apple for not utilizing the M1 chip. Now, Apple never came out and said, hey, we're going to freaking run you know, Final Cut Pro on your iPad. No, they never said that. <laughs> but for some reason, people were angry. Now, listen, I will agree with the M1 chip available inside the iPad, the one that I have. It is capable of running desktop applications. Why doesn't Apple do it? I don't know. Maybe they want to conserve their, you know, they don't want to kill their laptops or maybe even their desktops. So they have a reason for doing it. So the same thing that happens with, let's say, He-Man, you're seeing the same thing with tech reviews. They're all doing the same shit. They are recycling the same content that they see is getting clicks and they just run it. They are just running with it and oversaturating their feed and until it dies out. The same thing happens with the video game content creator, whether it's podcasting, whether they are influencers on Twitter or influencers on YouTube or whatever, right? They take something and just run away with it. In this case, is usually something Sony does. Or, for example, what happened with Jim Ryan? It's something that people thought they heard and ran away with it, right? When, they, when Jim Ryan said, we believe in generations, people somehow came up with this narrative and ran away with it. That Sony was lying. <laughs> Jim Ryan was a liar. Blah, blah, blah. And how many people kept going with this narrative even after a week? It was a lot of people. And to this day, still people are making videos that Jim Ryan's a liar. And so anytime Sony does something or doesn't do something, 
it is, you know, and, and we're talking about the PlayStation 5. Whenever this PlayStation 5 news, it gets used a lot by content creators. And usually it's in a, a fashion that it is obvious that they are over-exaggerating or twisting the narrative. Now, YouTube as a whole, like, it's aimed at content creators. It's aimed at people who are creative and want to express that creativity. But when I see photographers, when I see tech reviewers, movie reviewers, uh, you name it, like, people that depend on the latest and greatest things in order to create content, you see how they all somewhat do the same shit they resort to recycling their content over and over, just twisting the words a little bit and hoping that something sticks, hoping that it, it continues to carry their channel a bit until real stuff comes out. So I started noticing like with the photography blog, or well, vloggers or content creators who are, you know, focused on no pun intended photography right so a lot of them do the same shit they start off with like a statement and then they cut to music that's like electronica or whatever and then they have this slow b-roll of them like freaking drinking coffee or you know being all dramatic holding their camera and then they come back and they're like What's up, YouTube? And then they're swinging their arms all over the freaking place. And it's like, okay, I saw this a hundred other times. What's going on here? Especially with photographers who are supposed to have their own individual creativity. Why are, why are these people doing this? Why, is, why are people resorting to imitating other people? Now, there's uh, one... YouTube creator McKinnon, I forgot his first name, Jeremy McKinnon, I think, I don't know, huge YouTuber, he's huge, right, he's very successful, very energetic, very, inf you know, inf um, informative, there we go, and he's made it big, and a lot of people copy him, like the way he does his opening statement is, <laughs> a lot of people copy him. Uh, Marquise Brownlee, MKHD. I, I was watching him for years, man. Years when he was a teenager. And now he's a mega freaking successful tech reviewer. Right? He's the best there is. People imitate him. And not only that, they're imitating anyone who has, you know, some success in YouTube. You see the same style. You'll see... How many videos have you seen where the person talking, right? They usually call this talking head videos, right? Where, you know, you have somebody talking into the camera. And you see in the background neon lights. You see like a little plant here. Or you see some fancy tech in the background. Or in on the desk, which is, you know, bright white. Very clean. You'll see some type of tech. Maybe, you know, some AirPod uh, Max. <laughs> You know, like I, I saw a lot of Apple content creators. For some reason, they had to have the, the expensive I, uh, AirPod Max headphones next to their video, even though, 
or, or next to them as they were talking, even though the video had nothing to do with those headphones, right? It's like, it's like putting up trophies, right? Like these content creators, they feel like, hey, I'm going to talk to the average consumer about a product that, number one, I most likely got for review, so I didn't spend money on this. But then they also have to show you all of the nice gadgets they have in the background, all of the money they spent, maybe they spent, who knows, on their setup. And then they want to tell you how to spend your money, right? <laughs> so it's like, hey, I have a lot of money. Check out this device. You should buy it too. It's affordable. I could buy it. You know, like, it's just a weird thing, right? When you... When I do video reviews, I show the product and I don't really try to show all of my gear. Not that I have a setup like those guys. I just, once again, I don't like to be part of a trend. I like to freaking do my own thing. So I would never have neon lights and all this bullshit surrounding my desk or behind me on a wall. I, I, you know, I don't like to be part of a trend, period. So... When I see content creators doing that, no matter what genre, it pisses me off and it makes me not want to do... Uh, for example, like when the iPad, the M1... I'm going to go back to my iPad. The, the M1 12.9-inch iPad was coming out and you know I was listening to uh, different... Or I was watching different content creators on YouTube talk about it. But eventually it was like you would see countless videos on the iPad and it's like, why should I keep the iPad or should I keep the iPad or what accessories makes your iPad better? Or, you know, like, it's like, am I stupid? Do you think I'm stupid? Like, these are things that, number one, you're not going to make an, an iPad better by buying an accessory. No. Or, and most of the time it's like some expensive dock or something that you're never going to use. Like it's that type of thing where people depend on very clickbaity titles and then they depend on recycling the hot topic because there's nothing else they can come up with which worries me as far as content creation there's like i was talking about the lack of of uh, semiconductor chips there's a lack of creativity right now and in, in in the content creation realm and i'm talking about podcasters and i'm not i don't mean general right in general i'm talking about video game podcasters i'm talking about youtubers who review tech or review anything period um, sometimes like I've seen very creative individuals or like, for example, I was looking at a review for the AirPod Max, the headphones, right? They're very expensive. Uh, some say overpriced. And I saw a group of guys, three guys who are like, I, I believe they made their own headphones, right? So they're very knowledgeable when it comes to audio engineering and stuff. They were looking at the, iP uh, the the headphones, the AirPod Max, and each of them would listen to a song, 
and describe what they're listening to, blah, blah, blah. That video, I think, had like under a thousand views. And I'm like, how is this possible when there's something, these guys are doing something totally different. They are the type of individuals you should listen to when you want to purchase something as expensive as AirPod Max. Why isn't this video getting more freaking views? Like, I was pretty shocked by that because as someone who has been podcasting since 2005, I have, and to pat myself on the back a little bit, I have said things that years later became true. I have, actually, I have done things that a lot of people are doing now in podcasting and YouTube creation. I was doing that years ago, right? So... But I don't get the following others do because I don't resort to drama. I don't resort to, you know, having these, you know, stupid, like, catchphrases in my videos. Like, like I'm a fucking wrestler or something. I don't resort to clickbaity titles that has nothing to do with the fucking video or the content that I'm creating. I don't resort to that. And so... I stay under the radar, I get, the, I get clicks, I get views, but I don't get the popularity that a lot of people right now get because I don't resort to any of that because that's not who I am. But then those people that resort to it will claim that they're not, that they're the opposite, right? They, oh, I'm real, I keep it real, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're just jumping on the trends. They are just jumping on what works. And hey, if that's how the algorithm is going to work, you know how to, if you know how to make it work, then make it work. You know, some people rather get the numbers. They rather get the revenue in YouTube. And they rather get the popularity than have some decency and integrity. And... In the long run, you know, that type of material doesn't last like my stuff. You know, once again, pat on the back. My content will be viable 10 years from now. My content will be believable. When all this, when all the dust settles, content like mine that is real, that is honest, that is trying to show people or, or teach people something, that's going to have lasting power. I talk about stocks. I, I even did a freaking video where I was showing people how to tie up fat shoelaces on a pair of suede pumas while I was listening to old school rap music and R&B. You think anyone with a big tech or video game channel is going to do that? All they're going to think about is, Oh, no, my listeners and my viewers, they're not going to like this. They don't want to see this. And that's the problem. When you become a slave to your numbers, you kill your creativity. Your creativity, is it, it takes a backseat to your numbers, to your audience. And, yes, the audience is what drives your channel, it drives your content. Well, let me correct that. It doesn't drive your content. But the audience, having an audience is going to drive revenue, is going to drive popularity, et cetera, et cetera. But what drives your creative flow is you. 
And once you depend on an audience over depending on your creative on your creative flow, you kill everything that content creation was made for, right? Like the word content creation, it means you create content, right? Not copy content. And that's the problem nowadays. Everybody wants to copy each other. And I don't really mean everybody. There's a lot of great content creators who are, who are true to themselves and original, and I enjoy watching and listening to their stuff. So I don't mean everybody. I, I shouldn't say that. But there are, are content creators who, if you notice, even in the video game industry, even in movie reviews, like, for example... Right back to He-Man, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, the critics love He-Man. But the actual viewers, the user reviews, they hate it. And so the scores are like night and day. You have 90 plus on Rotten Tomato, and then the user scores are like in the 20s. Same thing happens with video games. Now, with video games, it's a whole different beast. Because you have people making fake accounts just to lower the score or to make a game look bad. Whereas with movies, I believe there's more legitimacy because there's really nothing that the average individual is going to gain by making, by giving a movie or TV series a low score. With video games, you have this loyalty to brands, and that's the motivation behind giving a, a game a high or a low score. So the same, uh, the same thing has been happening pretty much everywhere when it comes to news, right? You have these glorified clickbaity titles. The same thing is happening with video re- uh, movie reviews. Video game reviews, news in general, and that's the type of society we live in right now. We live in a very, very fucked up society right now in America, and I'm not going to get all political here, but, uh, and by the way, sometimes I'm on a podcast called Politically Uncorrect or Incorrect, Politically Incorrect with uh, Sick Humor TV. On YouTube, check it out. It, it, I've been on two out of three episodes, and it's been great. So check the, check check us out. It, it's uh, we cover a lot of crazy topics and give honest opinions that most people will not do because of the same things I've just been talking about. People are just slaves to the numbers game, and so when you see Fox News making up crazy shit. You see IGN making up crazy shit. You see influencers purposely making cre- uh, crazy tweets so they can get... Because remember, any, any type of exposure is good exposure when it comes to today's media. So when somebody from IGN makes a stupid statement that they've been playing nothing but Xbox, and then all of a sudden people go and check their Xbox and they see, hey, you haven't played in two weeks. Nobody holds them accountable at IGN. They just let it go, and their their friends go and defend them, and they call everybody who checked them out 
uh, checked out the gamer tag that is, they call them toxic, right? But meanwhile, these people depend on this toxicity to gain popularity, to gain clicks, to gain views, to gain revenue. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's just a trend that I notice. It's pretty bad. And that's what stops me from constantly making YouTube videos. That's what stops me from being consistent with my podcast because I know that, you know, I'm honest with myself. I'm 49 years old. I've, I'm probably past my prime. Well, I don't believe that shit. I'm, I'm just being full of shit at this point. <laughs> but um, I don't fit the current narrative. I don't fit the current type of podcaster that people like to listen to. I don't resort to drama. I don't resort to spreading rumors and making false claims. And, and I talk a lot of shit about Xbox, but it's legit. Years ago, I... Listen, back like a year after X, um, Phil Spencer took over, I made the statement that as long as he's in control, uh, as a matter of fact, I said as long as the current regime is in control of Xbox, that brand is, isn't going anywhere. And years later, people were saying the same shit, even though I had stated it at the time when nobody wanted to hear it. And at that time, people were calling me freaking names, you know, people were calling me a hater or a freaking shill and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it became cool to say stuff like that. But I was saying it way before everybody else. I even said the same shit about the Xbox One X and it came true. I said it wasn't going to change anything because the same people are running the X, uh, Microsoft, I mean Xbox, excuse me. And what is a more powerful console going to do when the same people are running it and being incompetent? It's going to do nothing. And guess what? The same shit is still happening to this day. But some people will make videos or podcasts telling you, hey, I told you this was going to happen. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but because I'm not into that whole drama scene, I don't get noticed. But that's cool because that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to make content so that one day somebody checks it out and says, holy shit, what this dude said actually helped me out. And for me, that goes a long way. That's gratifying for me. So when I talk about stocks, when I talk about technology, when I give my thoughts on movies or video games, it's coming straight from me. It's who I am. I'm not trying to be anybody else, and I'm not trying to create a persona that is not me. So when if you ever meet me in person, this is the person you're going to be talking to. And that, you know, that's, to me, what content creation is all about. Being honest, being yourself, and creating something that has staying power. It may not be the most successful piece of content you've created to date, but one day... Somebody's going to leave you a comment and say, holy shit, dude, thank you. This helped me out. And believe it or not, there are videos that I've made years ago where people are, are commenting on. And that's just proof. That staying power matters more than instant gratification. So, yeah, that's my thought on content creation. 
So anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. As always, I appreciate you guys checking out another episode of the Post Game Report podcast. Until next time, I'm JVB. You guys take care.